Now here's where we are, and this is where we stand. I have the four-part series, going to be talking about my catchphrase. I want you to have the buff body, mind, spirit, and bank. And in the previous episode, I spoke about the buff body. Now, I didn't give you exercises to do. I didn't talk about how many push-ups you should be able to do or how much you should be able to squat. None of that stuff matters. All that matters is that you take care of your body, that you are in tune with your body and all of the messages that it sends you. And once you are knowing yourself and knowing your body, then you know how to navigate the world a little bit better and you can arrive at a better destination. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the buff spirit. And I'm going to be intertwining that buff spirit with the philosophical expression that Socrates said over thousands of years ago, know thyself. Now, the previous episode, I was able to identify the importance of that quote and how knowing yourself opens up so many facets, so many realms within your being and you are a complex being And the more that you know yourself, the better you are. So here we are, man. We're at the Gathering Strength Podcast. Welcome. Come one, come all. Tune in. I'm going to invite you to come with me on this transformative journey of self-awareness and of personal growth. In today's episode, I'm going to dive into the profound concept of knowing thyself. I'm going to explore its far-reaching implications in our lives. Now today, we're going to embark on a quest to understand the intricacies of our thoughts as it pertains to our spirits, the spiritual realm. Now you don't need to participate in any particular religion or spirituality But man, as far as I can tell, there is something outside of ourselves that is bigger than the individual. Now, I happen to be a red-blooded, hairy American man who is a follower of the teachings of Jesus Christ. Don't worry, I'm not going to be thumping my Bible at you. I hope to just sow a seed that encourages you to look for strength that is outside of yourself when your inner turmoil starts to diminish your overall well-being. Man, and one of the ways I have been able to help myself is by latching on to some of these teachings based on the Christianity faith. Like I said, don't worry. My aim is not to convert you. Hey, if you find power in, you know, Buddha, Joe DiMaggio, or your lucky rabbit's foot, then so be it. That's all good. The point is, is to help us gain a more deeper sense of our energy, of our spirit, so that, man, once again, so we can arrive at a better destination. I want the best for you. Buff body, mind, spirit, and bank. And let's talk about the buff spirit. Now, applying the philosophical quote, 
Know thyself in a spiritual context involves exploring and understanding one's innermost essence, connection to the divine, and a deeper aspect of existence. Here are some ways in which it can be applied spiritually. Number one, self-inquiry. Engage in introspective practices such as meditation, contemplation, or journaling to explore your inner thoughts, emotions, and beliefs. Seek to uncover the fundamental questions of your existence and your relationship with the divine. Now, when I started to sign up for marathons and Ironmans, I knew I was going to get physically stronger. But man, what I did not expect is the is the amount of spiritual strength that I was able to accumulate and acquire for myself. Who would have thunk that running all those miles, cycling and swimming all of those miles would have brought me closer to God, closer to my spirituality? Who would have thought that spending all that time alone by myself in the dark, because that is where a vast majority of my hours were spent in the dark running alone with nothing but my thoughts to propel me. Now that Iron Man crucible that I subjected myself to, man, like I said, it brought me closer to God, a deeper understanding of my own philosophy and my own beliefs and my virtues and my values. And that's, you know, you don't need to sign up for an Iron Man or go out and run a marathon, but there are some things that help us gain a deeper sense of our essence, of our existence, and of our spirituality. Now, another thing that has helped me is journaling. Now, prior to my journaling, within my mind, I had a jumbling of words and phrases and concepts and beliefs and values that were just all tangled up. If you would have cut off the top part of my cranium and peered into my brain, you would see something equivalent to a, a, a bunch of fishing string that was just tangled. You don't know where one end ends and the other end starts. It was just, it was, it was crazy in there. Just let me tell you that. It was a mess. And now journaling has helped me get a deeper sense of who I am, get a deeper sense of my own philosophy, of my own highest thoughts and my beliefs. And through isolation, reflective introspection, and then ultimately journaling, I have now a clearer sense of who I am, where I want to go, where I've been, what works and what doesn't work. And that is a benefit of journaling. Now, journaling, it also offers numerous benefits for personal growth, self-reflection, and well-being. And here are some of the key advantages. Number one is self-reflection and self-awareness. Journaling provides a dedicated space for self-reflection, allowing you to explore your thoughts, emotions, and experiences. It enhances self-awareness by helping you understand your patterns, triggers, and beliefs, leading to personal insights and growth. Now that is very helpful because you want to understand your patterns. 
life has rhythms, ebbs and flows and patterns. And there was a a sentiment that Tony Robbins, one of the most influential motivational speakers, he was talking about how the most brilliant and well-evolved people, they recognize patterns. And when you recognize a pattern, you need to analyze Hey, is this pattern conducive to growth? Is this pattern helping me? Well, if it's not, you have recognized a pattern that doesn't work for you. You recognize a pattern that is stifling your growth. You recognize a pattern that is self-sabotaging. Hey, that's good as well because now you can break the pattern. And what type of well-evolved, mature adult wouldn't want to identify a pattern that was harming themselves. Now, I spoke about the opposite of what knowing thyself is. Uh, One little insight of the inversion of knowing thyself is someone who is in self-denial and a person who is, you know, ignorant to their inner workings and ignorant and someone who wants to remain oblivious to their inner workings. They don't want to recognize these patterns. They don't want to recognize their triggers. And they're ignorant even to their own beliefs. But hey, people like you and me, the listeners of the Gathering Strength Podcast, we want to do all of these little things that accumulate to strength. And one of the ways that we do that, one of the ways that we acquire this buff spirit is by simply journaling. That's not so hard, is it? You can write a sentence. You're a smart person. Now, when you are looking at that piece of paper that is blank and you are attempting to challenge yourself with writing down what is going on inside you, you might not be able to do that. Now, if you can't do that, if you look at that piece of blank paper and you can't write anything out, you know, that is a weakness. You should be able to clearly articulate what is going on in your head. You're an adult. You have so many things that you can write about. Now, what's stopping you? What's stopping you from getting out what is bouncing around in your head and organizing it? in a clearly coherent, articulated sentence that is clear and concise. If you can't do that, you have identified a weakness and that is something that you can strive to correct and become a more brilliant, brighter version of yourself. Or, hey, you can simply continue to neglect that realm within your life and you can continue to live in the fog. Keep on your blinders and hopefully you don't wander off a cliff. Another interesting thing that journaling does is that it is a emotional release and processing. Uh, Writing in a journal can serve as therapeutic as a therapeutic outlet allowing you to express and process emotions. It provides a safe space to unload stress, anxiety, overwhelming feelings, promoting emotional well-being and resilience. Clarity. Journal is also, journaling is also good for clarity and problem solving. 
journaling helps clarify thoughts and gain perspectives on challenging on challenges or dilemmas. By writing down your concerns and exploring different perspectives, you can develop a deeper understanding of issues and identify potential solutions. Now, here's a little interesting thing that I learned about myself was gaining clarity. I, I didn't know that gaining clarity in my own mind was something that even existed like I said before, I just had all of these damn thoughts and beliefs and biases and perspectives bouncing around in my head, and I had no clarity about who, why, what, or how they got in my head. Now, one of the things that I did was, as it pertains to journaling, I tried to identify my most highest caliber thoughts. What are my most highest beliefs? What do I believe in? What am I all about? And at the time when I started to journal, I would reflect on all of the things that I've ever learned in the highest essence, in the highest nature. I would take some of my teachings from, you know, wherever I, I got them from, from my, whether it was my mother, uh, Muhammad Ali, an episode of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a little kid growing up. What did I learn? All of these things. Now, because they're bouncing around in my head, now there's nuggets of wisdom in there. I just needed, needed to sort them out and get to the bottom of it. I needed to separate the shit from the sustenance. And the sustenance, that's going to be the things that satiate your inner desires, that fuel you and keep you going when times get tough. Now... If you don't know what your highest beliefs, virtues, and values are, I would encourage you to take a few moments to write, try to identify what are your highest thoughts. Gain some clarity on, on your life. Who are you? What do you believe in? How did those thoughts get into your head? And ultimately, that is going to re reveal to you the essence of your being. And guess what? You know what? A lot of my thoughts came from, you know, ancient wisdom. You know, it is fascinating how the things that we believe in have been around for thousands of years. The human condition is nothing new. It has always been. And it is fascinating. Now, on our road to obtaining that buff spirit, I gave you one tool, and that was journaling which brings about clarity and when you're able to identify your highest virtues and values and your highest thoughts and when you're able to identify who put them there how did they get there where where does all your best and most brilliant wisdom come from when you're able to identify that man that is a powerful thing now, after you have accumulated a certain level of clarity and you are diligently striving for that buff spirit, you're going to become in tune with that still small voice, also known as, aka, your conscience. Hello, conscience. Haven't seen you around here for a while. Where you been? Right? You know, there is a, a little story that I heard about uh, the conscience, and it, they compared it to Jiminy Cricket in that uh, in that good old movie Pinocchio. 
Jiminy Cricket is Pinocchio's conscience. And the animators, the story developers, they made Jiminy Cricket, which is Pinocchio's conscience, a little bug. A tiny, insignificant bug. And the reason why they did that is because that still small voice inside your head, your inner guidance system, well, you can easily squash that down. When your flesh wants to take you in one direction, potentially off a cliff or into the wilderness, down a dark alley, your conscience is going to be tugging at the collar of your shirt. Or, you know, it's not even going to be tugging. It's just going to be whispering in your ear like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be going there. And because you have started journaling, you have identified your highest virtues and values, your aspirational goals, your inner guidance system, aka your conscience, is going to help guide you down a more favorable path. Now, I think that it is brilliant that you know Jiminy Cricket is the conscience of Pinocchio because I can relate to that. You know, that still small voice, it's not loud, it's not, you know, begging you, it's not doing anything. It's just a little compass guiding you. You know right from wrong. You know where your self-sabotaging habits are going to lead you. And when we start to, or when we frequently and continually ignore that still small voice, and we over, when we overburden ourselves with distractions, noises, the cacophony of life that distracts us. Hey, that still small voice gets smaller and smaller and more silent and silent. And unless you get that clarity in which journal can help journaling can help you obtain that for yourself, you may never ever you know be able to adequately hear that inner small voice, that that conscience, and the lifestyle that you're living could potentially keep drowning that, that still small voice out. And whether that internal guiding system that we all have within us, whether it was put there by the universe, you know, uh, Joe DiMaggio, your lucky rabbit's foot, or in my belief, my, my conscience, my Holy Spirit, you know, that was given to me by, by God. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't depart from us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And that is what guides me. And that is where I find a lot of strength. And at the end of the day, we still have free will. And we need to be able to identify all of these things. We need, we need to become in tune with these higher virtues and values. That, and you know, these higher virtues and values, these aren't your own interpretation of it. Essentially, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. You're not going to think of something new. All of these underlying fundamental virtues and values, they have always been there for the people who want to cast aside their self sabotaging habits, they pick up and they practice the virtues and values that have always been there. Now, a little bit more about this conscience, this still small voice, aka our Holy Spirit, 
the indomitable Holy Spirit. The, the still small voice represents our inner moral compass, a sense of right and wrong that arises from our deepest values and beliefs. Like I said, people, this is our deepest values and beliefs. It is a source of guidance that can help make ethical decisions and navigate life's choices. Now, this still small voice helps us cultivate silence and reflection. Creating moments of silence and solitude allows us to quiet the external noise and distractions, making it easier to hear the still small voice. Practices such as meditation, mindfulness, prayer, or simply taking quiet time for reflection can enhance our receptivity to its messages. Intuition often speaks through the still small voice. It manifests as a gut feeling or a sense of knowing without logical explanation. By learning to trust and follow your intuition, we can tap into the wisdom and guidance of this still small voice. Aligning with core values. The still small voice often resonates with our deepest values and principles. By clarifying our core values and living in alignment with them, we create a stronger connection to the voice within. This involves reflecting on what truly matters to us and making choices that honor our values. Now, to reflect back on a statement that I just made, by clarifying our core values and living in alignment with them, we create a stronger connection to the voice within. Now, how do we do that? Hey, I gave you that tool earlier in, in this episode. We do that by journaling. Now, we need to practice self-reflection and self-awareness. Engaging in regular self-reflection allows us to become more aware of our thoughts, emotions, and actions. It helps us understand the impact of our choices on ourselves and others. By developing self-awareness, we can recognize when the still small voice is guiding us towards what is right and just. Cultivating a moral compass. Actively seeking knowledge and understanding of ethical principles and moral teaching can, can provide a framework for the still small voice to operate within. Reading and reflecting on moral and spiritual texts, engaging in ethical discussions, and seeking guidance from mentors or trusted sources can help develop our moral compass and attune us to the voice within. When you practice self-reflection and self-awareness everything that you do ask yourself why am I doing this is this good is this bad is this helping me come better is this helping me become worse if you don't know if it's helping you become better or worse well I'm gonna encourage you to look back at your journal just in case you forgot where who you want to become and ask yourself you know what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Is this something that I have just always done and this is a bad habit? Well, you know, we need to practice self-reflection and be aware, self-awareness of the things that we do. And when we actively seek knowledge and understand ethical principles and moral teachings, we can provide framework for the still small voice to operate within. Now, how do we do this? We need to have conversations 
ethical discussions and seek guidance from mentors or trusted sources that can help develop our moral compass and attune us to the voice within. We're not all going to have positive influences that are immediately accessible in our community, in our households, even with some of the relationships that we have that we have been been used to. We're going to have to look to the wise elders, to the people who have come in and out of this world. We need to reflect on their teachings. What was, you know, what was Jesus Christ doing? What was the Apostle Paul doing? What was Marcus Aurelius doing? How would Booker T. Washington handle this situation? What would Frederick Douglass do? There is an endless supply of people who have shared their wisdom, who have shared their obstacles and their adversities, and then they have also shared their solutions, their resiliency, they have shared their hope, and they have shared the problems that they have solved and the actionable steps that they have taken to deliver themselves out of that hell and into their own promised land. One last thing about the conscience is trusting and acting on our inner guidance. To strengthen our connection with the still small voice, it is important to trust and act upon its guidance. This requires courage, openness, and a willing to align our actions with our inner moral compass. As we consistently follow the voice within, it becomes clearer and more reliable. Remember that the, developing a relationship with the still small voice is a personal and ongoing journey. It requires patience, practice, and an openness to listening to the whispers of our conscience. By nurturing this connection, we can access the profound wisdom and guidance that resides within us. Now, one of the reasons why this takes courage to follow and listen to our to our still small voice, our inner guidance system, is because we are going to be dealing with people who want to lead us astray. We're going to be dealing with, you know, blind people out there who are morally blind, who are spiritually blind. We're going to be interacting with these people and they're going to try to get us to do what they're doing. And just because we're out of school, we're out of high school or college or wherever, peer pressure, that never goes away. You're going to be surrounded by a bunch of people who want to include you in partaking in self-sabotaging habits. And if we are not courageous enough to be able to speak out against, or at least, hey, nah, you know what, I'm good. I, I don't want to, you know, go and do some some cocaine or some heroin or I don't want to, you know, just do what, whatever it is that you don't want to do. You're going to have to speak up and be strong about the things that you will and will not do. And that takes courage. Every single day, write a little journal entry about what you're grateful for, who you want to become, and analyze what's stopping you. Because if you don't know what your problems are, if you can't articulate you know, where you are missing your mark, then you have your blinders on. Find some 
place where you can gain solitude, where you can quiet the cacophony and all the extraneous noises that are in this world to keep us distracted, dumb, and deluded. We need to find that stuff so we can hone in and set our compass where it is pointing a true north. Now, before I hang up my hat on this podcast, I want to talk about the weapons that are formed against us. Now, in the Bible, Isaiah 54, 17, it states, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, I heard that biblical scripture a long time as a young man. I was like, all right, yeah, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now, that went in one ear and out the other. I didn't know what weapons he was talking about. I was like, all right, if someone comes up and shoots me in the head with a gun, well, I think that 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 prospered over me, right? If someone comes up and stabs me repeatedly and I bleed out, well, that weapon, that, that knife was formed against me. And it looks like that, that prospered over me because I'm dead. But like I said, my maturity level didn't allow me to fully receive the gravitas of that biblical scripture. And that is one of my my favorite ones. Now, as a 39-year-old, hairy, red-blooded American man, I understand that biblical scripture, and that's one of my favorite. Now, the verse is often interpreted as a promise of divine protection and assurance for believers. Now, here is a little explanation of the meeting. Divine protection! The passage affirms that belief that when you are in a relationship with God and faithfully serve Him, no weapon or scheme formed against you will ultimately succeed. It expresses the assurance that God is your defender and will shield you from harm. Overcoming false accusations. The verse also suggests that accusations or words spoken against you unjustly or maliciously will not prevail. It implies that God will enable you to refute or disprove such accusations, giving you the ability to overcome and rise above them. Now let's talk about some of the weapons that we are divinely protected against. Like I said, hey, you know, someone can come up and just shoot us point blank in the face. While they do kill us physically, There, no one can touch us spiritually because that is a biblical promise. Now, here are some of these, these weapons, these spiritual weapons that have been formed against us. Because ultimately, hey, you know what? Our enemies, Satan, the devil, darkness, that wants to keep us in bondage, in shackles, in a cell. Our enemies want to keep us weak, diminished, reduced. And ultimately, you know, the, the devil doesn't want us to be strong and brilliant and wise and formidable because when we do that, we not only help ourselves, but we uplift other people. Now, when we are the inversion of that, man, we, we are... We are a plight on the world. We we rob people. We steal energy. We suck away. We suck away resources. We are a drain. But I'm going to tell you, watch out for some of these weapons that are formed against us. Now, here they are. 
Number one is persecution and opposition. Christians throughout history have faced persecution, discrimination, and hostility due to their faith. This can manifest in forms such as physical violence, social ostracism, or legal restrictions. Number two, false teachings and deceptions. Followers of Christ may encounter false teachings, distorted doctrines, or misleading ideologies that seek to lead them astray from the truth of the gospel. Temptations and worldly influences. The allure of worldly pleasures, materialism, immorality, or unethical practices can pose challenges to living a faithful Christian life. Now, more on that because temptations, man, temptations, they are endless, right? Here are some temptations that have been formed against us to keep us reduced, diminished, broken-spirited, and ultimately, they're, they're created to keep us from rising to our highest potential. Number one, alcoholism. Alcoholism is one of those things that has been formed against us to keep us reduced. Obesity, that has been formed against the human spirit to keep us reduced. Anger, jealousy, lust, addiction, vices, porno, gambling, uh, ice cream, Ben and Jerry's, you know, all of that stuff. All of that all of these temptations that when our impulses kick in, we have no power over ourselves and we just have to get that fix. Now, if we give in to that impulse uh, on a frequent occasion, then that impulse is going to be so strong that, man, our spirit, our in internal guiding system is going to want to take us one way. But that monkey on our back is going to be pulling and tugging. The inner turmoil is going to be too much. And ultimately, when the inner child in us is throwing that tantrum, we just have to give it that baba. When the monkey on our backs wants another hit, wants another banana, man, that vice is going to say, jump. And the only thing that we're going to be able to say is, how high? Uh, another weapon that is formed against us is spiritual warfare. Christians believe in the existence of spiritual forces of evil, such as demonic influences, that may seek to undermine their faith, tempt them towards sin, and create spiritual confusion. Yep, there's a lot of, a lot of things out there. Spiritual confusion? Man, that's not going to do anything other than confuse you, right? You're not going to know up from down, left from right, what's real and what's fake. So it is important to, you know, have discussions, have ethical discussions with your wise elders, people who you admire, and the people who you believe are a little bit further down the path in your spiritual journey, and they, they can help guide you. Now with the spiritual confusion, doubt and discouragement starts to manifest. Internal struggles, doubts, and discouragement can arise within believers, causing them to question their faith, purpose, or the goodness of God. Yep. 
doubt and discouragement. That is a huge one, right? Because us as human beings, we see all of these things that are going on on this world. And sometimes, or oftentimes, the problems seem much bigger. The losses always loom larger than the gains. And this day and age, with the way that we work psychologically as humans... These news media outlets, they know that, hey, if it bleeds, it leads. For some reason, we have an inclination towards wanting to know about the murders and truck accidents and the wars and the atrocities and the starving children and the cancers and the plagues and the rapes and the mob mentality. Man, all of these things can discourage us from believing that, hey, if there was a a good and decent God out there, why would he allow my child to die? Why would he allow, you know, my mother to die from cancer and this drug-addled human being crapping under a bridge and injecting themselves with needles, why would he allow that person to live and my child to die, or my mother to die? Why would God take away good people and allow pedophiles to live? Why would he allow murderers to receive redemption when they are still alive? Why would God allow Nazis, Stalin, Hitler, the, the, the slavery, you name it. All of these things can lead to doubt and discouragement. So here we have, we have a battle between temptations, spiritual confusion, doubt and discouragement. Man, life is tough. And then, hey, how about suffering and trials? Because when if we're going through a storm, you know, I, I, I had just mentioned, you know, like, oh, what if you were a slave back in the days? And, like an actual slave where somebody owns you and someone was stealing your fruits of your labor. Hey, that's, that's a tough one to get over. Now, we're all going to suffer. We're all going to have trials. And Christians may face personal hardships, trials, or suffering, whether related to health, relationships, financially, or other aspects of life. These can test their faith and resilience. Negative societal influences, cultural norms, societal pressures, or moral relativism can challenge the values and beliefs of followers of Christ, making it difficult to maintain a faithful lifestyle. Now here we have a societal norm that is being pushed into the forefront of everyone's minds, where we have drag queens going into libraries with booby tassels and lingerie and doing the splits and bending over, essentially showing their buttholes to impressionable children and reading them books. And man, we have parents like cheering it on. And it's like they're wearing makeup and fishnet stockings. It's like, ah, man strange times. I don't know. Is What am I missing? <laughs> How am I missing that, hey, that is okay? I don't know. 
like I said, I don't have all the answers. I don't know completely what is right from what is wrong. I try to do my best at everything that I do. Even though I I frequently miss my mark and I frequently trip and stumble. And I might say some things that are going to leave me with my foot in my mouth. Or I might sound foolish. But man, I don't know. Anyways, it's important to remember that while these weapons may pose challenges... The promise in the Bible is that they will not ultimately succeed or prosper against followers of Christ. Now, us Christians, we can find hope and strength in our faith and trust in God's guidance, protection, and victory over such adversities. At the end of the day, we need to have faith. Now, faith, it is a deeply held belief and trust in something or someone beyond tangible proof or empirical evidence. It encompasses a conviction that goes beyond mere intellectual understanding. Faith involves a firm confidence, loyalty, and reliance on the unseen or unknown. It often relates to spiritual or religious matters, but can also extend to other aspects of life. Faith involves surrendering control and placing trust in a higher power, divine guidance, or one's own intuition. It provides a sense of meaning, purpose, and hope, fueling resilience and perseverance in the face of uncertainties and challenges. Now, a few last words. Like I said, life is tough. I want you to have that buff spirit. And if you're like me and you need some some help, you need a higher power, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. Now, if you are on that path, Hey, get ready to level up. Get ready to shoulder your portion of burden because you're going to have to fix some things that you messed up. But hey, you're going to be in good company, in good hands, because you're going to be praying for strength. And hey, you will receive it. So number one, here are some steps you can consider to accept Jesus into your life. One, recognize your needs for Jesus. Acknowledge that you are are a sinner in need of forgiveness and that your own efforts cannot save you. Understand that Jesus offers redemption, grace, and a way to be reconciled with God. You need to believe in Jesus. Have faith in Jesus as the Son of God who came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins, and was raised from the dead. Believe that through Jesus, you can have eternal life and a restored relationship with God. Repentance and confession. You're going to need to repent for all that all that stuff you did in the past. But you can't just be like, hey, my bad God, sorry about that. Nope. It needs to be sincere. So it involves a sincere change of a heart and turning away from sinful behaviors. Confess your sins to God, acknowledging them and expressing genuine remorse. Hey, God is going to know when you're just, you know, trying to sneak in. Here you are trying to sneak into good graces, but man, he sees your heart. So you're going to have to genuinely express remorse. Seek his forgiveness and commit to striving for a life that aligns with his teachings. You're going to need to pray and invite Jesus into your life. In a prayer, express your desire to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Invite him to come into your heart 
to guide your life and to transform you within. Surrender your life to Him and commit to following His teachings. And if you're ready to say that sinner's prayer, hey, your boy Ruby Rube, I'm going to lead you in that prayer right now. All right, get ready. You don't need to get down on your knee. Hey, maybe you're driving in a car or you're flying an airplane. (laughs) In that case, hey, you can just say it out loud, quietly to yourself. Or, hey, you know, you want to stand up wherever you're at and yell it at the top of your lungs. Maybe you're on top of a mountain right now. You can yell it out to the whole world. The sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I believe you died for my sins. Right now, I turn from my sins and open the door of my heart and life. Forgive me for my sin and fill me with your spirit. Today, I choose to follow you for the rest of my life as the Lord of my life. Amen. All right, now, pat yourself on the back. Turn your life around. And your boy, Ruby Rube, just gave you some tools, some practical nuggets of wisdom that you can obtain for yourself to go out and get that buff spirit. Teach a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. I gave you some fish today, and I also taught you how to fish. So go out and feed yourself. Go out and get that buff spirit. If you made it to the end of this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. In my next podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about the buff mind. I already talked about the buff body, the buff spirit, and on the next episode, I'm going to talk about the buff mind. Until next time, it's onward, always onward.